Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Previously on Dungeons and Dragons. You come upon the city of Luskin, you see a small sized airship. I say we just go straight to the host tower of the arcade. You go up to the door and it is locked. Hi. Knock on the door. I unlock the door with my thieves tools. Nat 20. <laughs> Quite easily pull out your thieves tools and enter the building and the door slams shut behind you. An alarm begins blaring through the building. Two guards and one man dressed in hoodwinks. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and why are you here? Where's McCothin? Where's like- my bag of holding? And they say that they saved you and that they brought you back here and look, we figured that those people were gone by now. And- oh, shut up, Will. Welcome, my friends. We had discussions with the magistrates here and they are willing to help you out. But your, your brain friend... Great mm, yes. friend. There is a spell of sorts that does require some components we don't have regularly here. Um, Request! You might have seen the airship. I feel like that's for you. Let's go see this guy. What, what name did he give you? Grancis? That sounds like, that sounds me now. Oh, you guys are back! It's been weeks! And he runs back into the airship and then you see a ladder just fly over the edge. He's come on up, come on up! And you climb in and you see him kind of frantically running about the airship, flipping knobs and turning things and saying, It's time to go! We gotta go! Oh, oh, whoa, whoa! whoa. I've been waiting here for weeks! What do you mean we can't go? Nope. Where do you want us to go? Well, we gotta go down uh, Serpent Hills area. There, uh, Worm Speaker, White Bass. So, like, option two that you gave us, like, way back when? Can we get out of here now? Let's go! You see three recognizable horses running in the field. Tiny! Are we picking up these horses or what? Fuck yeah. They shit, I'm not cleaning up. And then he takes back off, setting south towards the Serpent Hills. 
Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. We are a fifth edition actual play podcast. I am your dungeon master, Russ Moore, and with me today is Amy Moore, who plays Thea Amastasia. And Carla Johnson, who plays New Laura Moonbrook. And Tom Laird, who plays Flint Firebeard. Hi, guys. We really nailed that, you guys. That we really good. did. We know who we are. I got nervous so. halfway through, but I think we did a good job. Now that I'm not looking at all your faces, it seems a lot easier to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's less pressure. Like when Russ can actually stare at me and like shake his head ever so slightly, it's. It's too much. He's doing it right now. <laughs> I know he is. I know he is, and I don't even see him. <laughs> I was just happy to have him stare at someone that wasn't me. But he did, most of the time, stare at me anyway, out of habit. After you called me out on it, I, sp- I spread around the love of staring. <laughs> the One, staring love. One, two, three, yeah. switch. One, two, three, yeah. switch. It was a good time, though. It was a good time. Oh, fun. it was great. Yeah. Miss you guys. Aww. Hey, we're on Patreon, and you can visit patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast, and we will dedicate an episode to you, like our random patron today, who is... It's Alex! Yay, Yay Alex! Thanks Alex. for supporting us on Patreon, Alex. You rock. You're amazing, Alex. I want to be you when I grow up, Alex. I can't really do better than that. I know, so. yeah, exactly. No. Really wanted to make her feel good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, Alex. Because that's what we're all about here at Dungeons and Dragons. Our Patreon should feel really loved. Absolutely. Um, I like hugging with words. I can appreciate that. Yeah, that's what I want. That's not how we treat each other, but that's how I want our oh, Patreon no. people Mm-mm. to feel. No. Yeah. I don't want to be as awkward with our Patreon supporters <laughs> oh, as I am with I'd, the rest of you guys. I don't want to be as awkward with anyone ever as awkward as we are <laughs> with NPCs in this game. That is a nightmare. Well, guess what? Here comes some more NPCs, guys. <laughs> <No>. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you to Alex and thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, if you want to become a patron of Dungeons and Dragons... All you have to do is visit patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. And for as little as $1 a month, that's less than a cup of coffee a year, I'm sure. No, that's not true. Two cups of coffee a year. Depending on what. Tim Hortons? Six cups of coffee a year. (laughs) I demand Mm. accuracy in my math analogies. That's fair. For higher tiers, we have lots of other great rewards as well. So if you could check that out, links are in the description. If I didn't say it enough or I edited it out because there's just too much rambling in between when I actually said it. So on with the game. Onward. Last time, you guys acquired an airship with your new friend, Grancis. Grancis, the man who no one seems to like very much. But we begged for this character too. This is all our fault. I I don't think I don't remember us not liking him. I just remember the entire town of uh, Luskin not liking him. Yeah, they were all pretty <laughs> choked at him. I mean, he's he spent a, a fair amount of time there just waiting for you guys. So maybe he just he was very intense, and they weren't wanting him or his airship there. Maybe he you kept talking know. about his sports almanac and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buying. He kept trying to get people to get like playing Magic the Gathering with them. And they were like, Oh, and the townsfolk hated that idea. <laughs> they were like, listen, we have jobs and stuff. It's a big financial investment. <laughs> I just don't have the time. Who has the time? I don't understand it when you explain it to me. 
What's mana? <laughs> is he is he a deep crimson red yet? I think he might be weeping. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, so you uh, <clears throat> you uh, set off for Russ. <laughs> you know I have feelings too. <laughs> Uh, you set out from Luskin in your airship, and you went and swung by, uh, went and swung by Little Rock. Got our ponies. And you got your ponies. So now you have three horses on this airship, which doesn't really have, like, an, a space for them underneath, so they're on the deck. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which you've managed to fashion a way to make sure they're secure in those gusty, big gusty breezes. Well, we miss them. We want, we wanted them to be, like, part of the group. Yeah, Absolutely. And we definitely didn't want them going back to that asshole in Luskin. No, that right? is someone we definitely didn't like. And I mean, that will never come to bite anybody back don't, in the butt ever. Don't see how it could. Nope. No. You guys have been traveling for uh, the better part of two days down the Sword Coast, seeing some lovely scenery, some burning cities, seeing some, some general mayhem occurring in large and small towns. And this, you can assume, is just various groups and perhaps even the Cult of the Dragon asserting their dominance across the land. And we're just cool flying over top, like laughing at them? This is what I'm, this is what I'm going to ask <laughs> you. You pass by a lot of cities that you know. You pass by Neverwinter. It seems more or less intact. All of the major cities seem pretty well, well to do right now. Uh, so Neverwinter seems fine. Waterdeep seems fine. It's some of the smaller cities uh, that seem like they've been recently attacked. A lot of them seem more or less abandoned at this point. I guess I'm going to leave that up to you guys if you, along your ways, have stopped and looked in these towns or if you've just kind of glanced at them. I don't think we can stop at every burning city. I think the best way to help everyone is probably just get to where we need to go. Agreed. We already have many things to accomplish on our list. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What, like the second thing on the list? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know how much we love cross and stuff off lists. Oh, it's the best. It is. You see these cities in shambles, and but you, you see caravans of people heading towards the major centers, heading towards Waterdeep and Neverwinter, um, and they seem like they are ahead of whatever attacked them or whatever caused the mayhem that was brought upon their cities. And after... Uh, like I said, the better part of two days, you come up and uh, Grancis yells to you and says, uh, Oh boy, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're almost here. Um, almost at the Borskir Bridge, right where we need to be. We're, we're, uh, right where the guy was, uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Bram the White, right where he was last seen. Uh, I'm just going to set her down in, a, in an open field here and oh, you guys can be on your way and I'll just wait here for you. Your old man enthusiasm exhausts me. Yeah, people say that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and he's busy flipping knobs and, and switches as he do. And he brings down his airship right in a big field on the west side of the Borskir Bridge. And to the east of the Borskir Bridge, there is a way station settlement that is little more than a collection of tents and wagons and caravans with some people, humans and halflings mostly going about and doing business in this little area. You see the Borskir Bridge, which is a, a large pronounced landmark constructed of black 
granite, and it bears sculpted images of the deities Sirik and Baal, commemorating a legendary battle that they fought on the bridge during the Time of Troubles. And if you want to make a history check, I can tell you more about that, but that's, again, up to you. Oh, God, oh God. it went so far. <laughs> 14. Six for new Laura. So I just stare in the other direction, I guess. Yeah. 17. All, all three of you know that the Time of Troubles is when the gods were forced to walk Faerun. Flint and Thea, you know of the battle between Baal and Sirik. Did they not have Uber? They did not have Uber. Do they have people yelling, shame, shame at them? Uh, perhaps, perhaps, yes. Oh, all right. Baal is the god of murder. Yeesh. Sirik is a mortal who gained the divinity from Baal when Baal was slain by Sirik. And Sirik became the god of lies. Now, Baal was slain by, at the time, mortal Sirik using the avatar of Mask, a sword named Godsbane, who then stole Baal's divinity. Along in the story and the, and the lore of that, Baal was not removed from Faerun. Part of his divinity remained in the winding water around the Borskir Bridge, where he was slain and his blood having flowed into the river. More importantly, Baal foresaw his death and impregnated many mortal women, creating his heirs, which later were known as the Baal Spawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Okay. Ha! Ha! You know that as these children grew up, they found out that they were, in fact, descendants of Baal. They fought for control of their respected realms and cities. Um, one of them stood up to the rest of them. He fought against his his call to kill and to and to fight, and he stopped the rise of Baal again within Faerun. That is what that bridge represents. And this is kind of a trading post built around that. And um, you pass over the bridge and you enter the settlement. And you see, like I said, humans and halflings doing business, um, but also a contingent of well-armored paladins who look like they are standing guard and watching over the settlement. And this is the last known location of Varam the White. What do the paladins' uniforms look like? Perhaps you'd like me to roll to find out. Uh, no, no, you can you can just look at them. Yeah, and- I'm looking at them, <laughs> but like not not aggressively, not uh, just glancing casually. Sure, you see uh, that they are uh, very clean and polished, very silver and bright looking steel. And on them, they're very intricately designed, but you see also an insignia, which is the insignia of the Elcher Guard, which the Elcher Guard is the realm within the, the southern part of the Sword Coast where you are, and is a nation of different cities, some of which you've actually been to, um, and they encompass a large portion of the area that you're in right now. Some of the cities that are part of that are Elturel, Triel, Scornubel, Berdusk, and Inabor, who are all under this umbrella of protection of these paladins, and it appears that they are within this settlement as well. Let's make friends. 
I don't know. We're so bad at that. We are really bad at it, but I'm happy to try. Did they see us land in our sick-ass airship, or were we far enough away that they did not notice that? You were a little far away, but you could see from when you were landing, you could see the settlement as well. So you can assume that they saw you, but perhaps you're not the first airship they've seen. And being that they are a a trading, looks like a trading settlement, there are plenty of caravans and stuff. They may have seen many different groups kind of coming to and from in similar vessels, perhaps. So it doesn't look like they're too thrown by seeing your airship land across the bridge there. They're not like, ah, demons. No. Okay. Um, Maybe we should talk to a paladin first. It kind of seems like if they're in charge of the safety of this area, that they would know about Varam. Yeah. Like when he was last here. This seems reasonable. Thank you. Standing just beyond the bridge at the unofficial kind of opening to this tent settlement, you see two human paladins standing guard. They're both very tall, uh, or they're both quite tall, uh, standing just over six feet each. One has very pale white skin, the other a uh, lighter brown skin, um, and the the pale fellow is uh, clean-shaven. The other one, uh, he bears a goatee. Now, which one do you think you guys would match with on OKCupid? Ooh, the first guy, definitely. Yeah, you like him clean-shaven? Oh, yeah. Is this in character? (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) Tom and Flint both have big beards. So, you know, maybe he's, like, not into... uh... He's the, no he's beard the beard competition. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wear the beard in this relationship. Yeah. I would just be jealous of someone else's beard. So. <laughs> beard envy. I, I get that all the time. Uh, Thea walks up to the clean-shaven, pale-looking fellow, I suppose, um, and says, Hello, friend. And he uh, <laughs> I just he sees you walking up and um, kind of, they keep an eye on you. They don't move in any aggressive manner towards you, but he says, yeah, uh, yes, yes, hello. How long have you been stationed around these parts? Um, well, uh, quite, a, quite a while. Who are, who are you and uh, why are you asking such questions? My name is Thea. Jeez, we try and make conversation one time. My name is Thea. These are my traveling companions. These are my buddies. Is there someone here we can talk to? That might give us some information of a fellow we're looking for. Uh, who, who is it you're looking for? I mean, there's many people that come through here, um, but uh, I, I may be able to help you or direct you where you need to be. My name is Nohithic, and I would love to, love to help you. Are you hating on me? He says, no, no, I'm a man of, <laughs> man of faith, and I need to, uh, to... Talk to God right now. Talk to God right now. <laughs> Excuse me, God, uh... Whew. Uh, I, I turn just to a little aside to Nular and Flint and kind of like, should we ask him? Like, should we, like, do we just name drop or like, is that going to look bad on us? No, I'm at a loss. I've done the introduction. I'm stuck. Who who are we name dropping? Well, we're looking Bram, for him, right? Yeah. Oh, so by name drop, <laughs> you just mean tell him what we're interested in. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> oh, if that's okay. just going to seem like, if that's going to cause it. These are like my trust issues coming up again because I feel like, yes. oh, because. Because Russ broke me as a human, now I can no longer, like, just, I have no faith that any stranger is not wishing me harm. Glad I'm not the only uh, one. That being said, in character, Nulara is uh, obnoxious. So, here it goes. 
Hey, uh, we're looking for a real powerful wizard. Uh, okay. He's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, you, so you guys have, uh, you guys are some sort of, uh, policing body, or are you? Well. Yes. Yeah. Well, some, some yes, sort kind of. of. We, we're, we do good. We're basically trying to save the world. So, yes? Interesting. Oh, well, that's, I mean, the world needs saving. I, uh, I totally hear you there. I know what that's all about, saving the world. So I'd love to help you, but you need to... I see lots of wizards coming through here, too. So you need to give me, like, a description of the fellow. Perhaps anything he may be wearing, or a race, or... Okay, maybe you have seen a dwarf in purple robes. Mm, dwarf in purple robes. Uh, not, uh... Oh, not in some time. Uh, and then his counterpart speaks up and he says, uh, Oh, um, I, I know who might have seen him. Uh, if you go in a little bit there, big tent, uh, Bolo's tent. She runs kind of the pub area. She was talking a story about a dwarf in purple robes. It was, again, some time ago that he passed through here, but maybe that's kind of who you're looking for? Yes, that's very helpful. Thank you. And he says, do, do you guys have like any like badges or paperwork or anything that's saying that you're, you know, you're, you're looking for things? <laughs> I just say no, and I boop him on the nose, and then I walk toward the uh, the tent that he <laughs> directed us to. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now you'll start to see Fable and Folly Network shows are offering bonus content to all existing and new supporters. Find exclusive new episodes from shows like Civilized and Realms of Peril and Glory. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. That was just Thea. Flint and I pull out our badges. Sorry, Flint, I don't want to talk for you. I don't know what you do. Oh, yeah, sure. I pull out my badge and say, thank you, sir. What is your name? Uh, my name is Shoop Zhao. And he looks uh, looks over your badges and says, oh, uh, uh, from Waterdeep there, the Council of Waterdeep. So yeah, uh, Bolo's, uh, Bolo's tent, she she could probably help you out. She's, she, like I said, she was telling stories of a dwarf in purple robes. So if anybody to talk to, might want to start with her. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I follow Thea towards Bolo's tent. Thea rushes ahead about halfway, apparently. I was making an exit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys catch up with Thea and you pass by these tents. And they, everybody's, it seems there's a rotation of things going through the city. Um, it's a very fluid settlement, you could say. But you get to what seems to be the center of this, this tent settlement. 
And there is a larger tent than everything else. And uh, there are people carrying steins of, of things coming to and from this tent. And you go inside and it is a uh, it is a reasonably busy tavern. It is a rough and tumble establishment set up in, in the middle of the of the settlement in a large pavilion. Yeah, inside, mostly humans. There are a couple dwarves and halflings kind of about milling about eating food and drinking. And behind the makeshift bar is a older-looking halfling female who's barking orders at servers and, and serving people up uh, beer behind the, behind the bar there. We go on over there. Mm-hmm. And she's busy serving somebody else and then um, sees you walk up and comes over and says, uh, new faces in town there. What uh, what can I help you out with? Uh, are you Bolo? As a matter of fact, I am. This is my establishment. Thank you for coming in. Can uh, I get you some beers, some food? What are you, what are you in the need for? Uh, absolutely. Drinks, my friends. Yes. Yeah. Great, uh, great, great. And, and, as you and some food talking, would be great, too. Of course, of course. Uh, and then she calls over to one of these servers and says, Arden, make sure you bring out some, some food here for our friends here. And uh, she says, anything else I can help you with? What are you passing through for? And she's filling up the beers for you. We all take out our badges and show <laughs> them to her. <laughs> and... Oh, you've got some badges. Great, great. You're, uh, you're enforcement staff then, I see. Yes, ma'am. We were just hoping you could um, tell us... We're looking for a for a wizard, and and one of the paladins told us you maybe might have met him. A wizard? Uh, you got a you got a description of uh, your fellow there. Dwarf with a purple robe. Dwarf with a purple robe. Uh, some time ago that I saw him, but uh, yeah, dwarf with a purple robe. I saw him. I saw him. He was asking about. What was he asking about? He was asking about escorts into the hills. When, uh, so not not the other type of escort. Uh, I don't know. I, no, no, that's a different tent. Um, he was asking. <laughs> he was asking about uh, somebody to take him to the hills, uh, the Serpent Hills. There, uh, when this this hooded fellow starts asking him, you know, asking him his business, asking him what he's doing here, and the dwarf looks him straight in the eye, then pulls out his dagger and stabbed the tall fellow dead. He did it right there. Whoa. And then this dead folk, he was one of the scaled folk from the Serpent Hills that come down to spy on us, you know. That dwarf's here, that dwarf there, he's a hero, make no mistake there. But he and his entourage shortly thereafter took off straight away for the hills, quick as cats, you know. How long ago was this? Oh, let me see here. That was about, uh, ooh, I'd say a little more than a month, maybe four weeks, four weeks ago. Gosh, guys, we would have been right on schedule had we had not made all those detours. Uh, <laughs> and you say they headed up to the Serpent Hills. Yeah, now north and uh, north and a little east there. Do you have any escorts that could take us? Oh, maybe, sure. Yeah, if you're uh, you're heading up that way. I l- I look back to Mularen. Sure. Most people here they kind of run caravans. You could probably find somebody quite easily if you're willing to pay them a few gold. If you if you feel you need it. Is there, what are the roads like? Like, is it, like, do we need escorts? Or can we I, just, I, like, head to the hills? Have any of the, um, have any of the people that went with him returned? No, we haven't seen them since they left. Uh, we'd assume that they would have perhaps passed back through here if they had other business, but maybe they just kept going, uh, 
going up the river there, or they found what they were looking for, or they got, uh, or they got, you know, eaten by uh, something in the hills. What kind of dangerous creatures whoa, are in whoa, them, their whoa. hills? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, you find your usual like herd animals. You find uh, uh, you find some lizard folk that kind of roam around there, and then I mean, there's some hill giants that that creep through there. Uh, so there, there are a bunch of different things that live in the hills. It's a, it's a wild place. Um, but are uh, the hills alive with the sound of music? Uh, you know, I haven't heard much music out of there. But uh, if you go up there singing, I bet you will hear it. She's very kind to humor us in this way, isn't she? She's a good businesswoman. Uh, I pass her some gold to pay for our food and our drink. Of course, and she says, oh, thank you very much, and it has brought you your beers by this point. Uh, why don't we go sit down and discuss amongst ourselves what we'd like to do instead of awkwardly talking about it in front of Bolo? Sounds wonderful. We nod and take our... Sounds out of character. Sounds, let me know if you need anything else, and she goes back to helping other people. Okay. There is an open table that you, you've, you're fine to... Yeah, what do you guys think should we try and join a caravan i mean all we know i think is serpent hills for where he was going nothing more specific than that uh it would be great if we just went up there and there was like a big sign (laughs) said like dragon that would be amazing but verum this way yeah (laughs) i think maybe we should just i mean nulara you're really good at going through forested areas right and terrain mm-hmm. it's Which true you'd be, you'd be good in the hills i would assume yes is this a forested area dungeon master the serpent hills are, are alive with the sound of they the really sound are of <laughs> uh the serpent hills are a swath of badlands mesas and rocky plateaus sprinkled with trees and tall grasses mm. so yes not really. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Ish. Well, I think either way, um, we will probably just end up getting people killed if we go with a caravan. True. Um, <laughs> and if we go with a caravan, that seems much slower than just the three of us scooting along. Yeah. We could even take our horses and cut down our time. <gasps> we could take our horses. What time of day is it? Can we get going like right now? Uh, yeah, you've landed kind of midday. Guys, let's pound these beers back, eat our mutton, and leave. I order some takeout for <laughs> uh, Grancis. Oh, you are sweet. I feel like we've just been eating, like, just the worst food on the ship this whole time. Which he probably thinks is fine. But, you know, he probably w- he probably wants something different. That's really, that's kind of you. Wow. She gets you your to-go mutton. Is it just like a shank? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I just have to carry it back, yeah, by the bone. Like a exactly. turkey leg at Disneyland or something. You can put it on your spear, maybe. <laughs> that seems unsanitary. I've killed a lot of people with that. You don't clean that? Well, occasionally. Girl. Okay. We were probably <laughs> pretty bar- pretty bored on that airship. Probably mm. all our weapons are tip top and everything's very clean because you know, I would what else so. are we doing? Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, go. Okay. Let's go get our horses. Let's do this thing. Let's do it. And we all jump and high five in the air. Oh, amazing. I love it when we do that. You head back out and you head back to the airship. Saddle up the horses. Grancis is like, uh, oh, you're taking taking the horses there? You don't want to take the airship? No, you're just going to leave me here waiting? Okay. Okay. Oh, I'll God. Grancis, do you want to come? No, I don't have a horse. You 
tiny as a giant horse. All right, I mean, I somebody better watch the airship, otherwise some hooligan's going to come up here and press all the knobs and buttons, and that's my job. That's my job to push the buttons. I'll just stay here. <laughs> the I'll good news here. is, you know that we're coming back, so you can, like, go into the settlement. You can, you know, you don't have to stay at the airship all the time. Like, yeah. I think you kind of did in Luskin. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I went, I, I mean, at the, at the end there, but they kind of got, I think they got tired of me. So I'm, it's a new why. place, new place, new people, new new things happening for me. It won't be two weeks, it's buddy, the, we promise. It's the few days of Grances. That's what we're going to call it. That's what, yeah. Few God days of Grances. these people. God I think there's going to be a side episode of Grances just talking to people. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Okay. Bye-bye, Grances. Okay, you guys have fun. I'll, I'll just stay here. Uh-huh. Try, try not to fly away. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, okay bye. Okay, bye-bye. You guys uh, mount up and ride towards the Serpent Hills. Onward, Buttercup. You head north and to the east. You're traveling through there, and it's about midday, so you get going, and how long do you guys are you guys expecting to travel for here? Until we it's time to eat dinner or we run into an incident. <laughs> you guys managed to travel um, about six hours. Somebody roll me a d20. 16. Uh, you travel about six hours from when you left there. So it is about time, you know, you're starting to feel hungry. But it's kind of an open area uh, down in some badlands there. And you haven't, you haven't seen much. You've seen some packs of uh, some goats and antelopes that you've passed by. Are we keeping our eyes open as we are riding for any clues? Oh, you tell me. Well, yes, I have been. Yeah. Yes, okay. high alert. You have seen lots of different trails and paths that have been padded down. But being that you know, Varam and Hubolo said he, you know, he left with with some people. They left about four weeks ago, um, nothing super fresh or in any direction that makes sense to you right now. That makes sense. Four weeks is an awfully long time. There could have been lots of people going to these places. I'm pretty sure that New Lara is a good enough tracker, though. <laughs> is this, like, did we just go into a notorious frightening place, or it just has as many frightening creatures as everywhere else in Faerun? It has just as many frightening okay. creatures. So there would have been travelers and stuff, other people yeah. coming through this way. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop whining about being an expert tracker then. Um, are you guys Are you guys stopping for food or are you carrying on for a little while? Uh, well, we won't travel into the night. How equatorial are we here? Is it getting dark? <laughs> uh, no, you're doing fine still. You probably have another few hours of uh, of travel time. I say we can eat on our horses and continue on. Agreed. What if our what if our horses are tired though? Is your tiny horse tired? <laughs> no, he's fine. But I was just curious. We're gonna say that you can travel for another few hours, right. and uh, and then your horses are gonna need a break, and you will probably need a break too. So somebody roll me another d twenty. I'll roll it this time. Oh no, it's a <laughs> doc. These dice suck. <laughs> just kidding. It's okay, you come we don't even know what it is. dog. It's getting close to dusk, and you come across a ruined settlement, and it appears to be kind of crumbling stones and dry wells that are what remains of many lost settlements of the Serpent Hills from a different time. Hmm. Um, So you come across that, and it is about dusk, and your horses are slowing down. Let's set up camp in this sure-to-be-haunted 
abandoned settlement. <laughs> Definitely not haunted place that we're in right now. Um, I kind of like, can I look around and is there anything that I notice about this place? Any specific significance or importance? Does it look like everyone left in the middle of a meal or does it just look like <laughs> it's old? Are there, are there like feet marks from people being dragged off? <laughs> exactly. Doesn't appear to be any of that. Uh, it it just appears to be a settlement that's been long abandoned and neglected. Yeah, it doesn't appear that anybody has, has camped there recently beyond the usual mm-hmm. animals in the area have uh, have passed through. Thea, okay. can you detect magic? I could. Again, I have no trust in anything that it does like that we're not constantly about to be jumped and murdered. I do have detect magic. I don't know. What do you guys think? Think we're fine? My thing is I'm wondering if there is like if this is a place that maybe was searched by Bram for his mask. Oh, I see. Right? If, like, something is hidden here or... Mm -hmm. Although if he was such a powerful wizard, he would absolutely have already looked here. Um, I guess, Russ, can you be more specific about abandoned settlement? Like, is it half? Like, is it ruins or is it just, like real old shacks that are still standing like what are we looking at it's it's ruins like it's crumbling stone like was built many centuries ago okay type bat yeah Yeah. so like half walls yeah Yeah. may have been a city under siege at one point and yes half walls and it is yeah it's yeah not a not a ghost town much like little rock is now are there any monsters uh, hiding? Can I make a can I make a, a roll for Can I just keep ha- asking? Like, is it haunted? You can do you have a haunt check? I don't think that exists. Does that exist? No. Oh. I'm looking for it too. I'm like, is it on here? <laughs> Fine. Um okay, I, I say we just let it go. <laughs> yep, agreed. We're not getting anything from them. Well, okay. and if there's like semi-ruined walls, like we can kind of like if we're going to build a fire or whatever, like with walls ish to our back, even if they're just, you know, like it's some protection more than being mm. in the middle of an open field. True. I like that idea. Right. All right. We build a little fire, have a little food. Tell Sing a camp, few songs. Camp sure. stories. What, how do the songs go? Yeah. Tom, how does the song go? Oh, it's that famous uh, dwarven sea chanty that everybody is familiar with. And I don't have to sing. Oh, it's this one. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days chilling out. You know the one. I thought ah, you guys yes, were going to join me. Yep, that's the one. Oh, no, yep. sorry. I okay. thought you were about to change the words to make it, like, dwarfish. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish I was that good. I was excited I remembered that the Fresh Prince existed. That yeah, you good. got really far, too. Oh, I could have done way more. <laughs> <laughs> It's we'll true. see how many nights we camp. So you guys uh, sing songs, and it is now uh, it is now sleep time. I guess we will take rotating watches. I'm excited to mm-hmm. get jumped in my sleep. Me too. No, because we're going to take rotating watches. I volunteer yeah. to take first watch. I okay. think we should all just sleep at once. <laughs> it seems to work out really well for us before. Instead yeah. of sleeping, I'm just going to go into a, a trance. How long does your trance last? Um, I can meditate for up to four hours instead of sleeping if I want to. Well, okay. you're only going to, you can't sleep, you can't meditate for four hours. We're not going to be Why? here for 12 hours. Because you have to take <laughs> your shift, you turd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hey there, it's me, your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. Thank you for joining us for episode 22 of Dungeons & Dragons, titled Arrival at the Borskir Bridge. If you're talking about us outside the internet and you're telling your friends and family about us, which we really appreciate if you do that, it helps get the word out. Word of mouth is the best way to advertise. All the links are found on our website at dumbdragons.com. You can also support us by visiting and joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can have access to our Patreon bonus content, which includes a Dungeon Side-Scroller episode, which includes the latest Dungeon Side-Scroller episodes, right now DM'd by Tom Laird, aka Flint Firebeard. This first story we're doing is titled The Road to Dentheros, and it's super fun, and you can get a taste of it right now, back a couple episodes, if you haven't heard it already, is the first episode, and then we are releasing them every month on the 15th. So there is episode 2 up right now, and October 15th, episode 3 will be up for you there. And when you're a patron of Dungeons & Dragons, you'll receive a special holiday card from us to you, just to try and show you how much we appreciate you and your support of us. We do also have higher tiers that have more rewards, including episode dedications, like the one we did in this episode off the top there, also contributing to future Q&A episodes, and possibly having an NBC named after you at the $10 level. We truly hope to see you over on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash dumbdragoncast. Our next episode will be out October 11th, but let's jump back into our adventures, travels, and see what comes next on their adventure to stop the dastardly cult of the dragon. We'll talk to you soon. I said I could meditate for up to four hours. I see. I I will meditate until it is my turn. So you are meditating, and Flint is sleeping, and Nulara, you are watching. Are you keeping the fire low, or are you stoking it up? Oh, no. I'll keep the fire pretty low. Uh, Donnie is, of course, with me, as he always is. Uh, so he'll be, like, you know, flying up, checking things out if... I don't know. You know. We're just hanging out. Sure. Sure. Um, so roll a d20 for me. <laughs> that look on your Four. Face. You're sitting, you're kind of propped up against the wall, and you hear... From behind you, just like a little louder than a skittering, um, but quieter than like footsteps. And you hear that pass behind you. Uh, do the horses react? They they don't appear to notice what's going on, no. Okay. I put my hand on my sword, just in case. Like I'm aware, I hear it. Donnie kind of senses me, like, freeze a little bit, and so he's on high alert. Yep. I don't get up or anything, because it's, like, you know, I don't want whatever it is to uh, know that I know it's there, but I'm ready. Sure. You're doing this. You're readying your sword. Are you at the the half wall? You're sitting down and kind of back to it. How high is, is it, like, literally half a wall? Like, I'd have to get up to see over it? Well, it's maybe a foot above where your head rests now. Well, that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, like, rise up to... So that I'm, like, crouching, basically. Sure. But I'm not gonna, like, I, I don't know. What if it's a deer? It's not a deer. Russ is definitely <laughs> gonna try and kill me. <laughs> He's losing his shit right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, so was it, it was right, like it was behind me on the other side of the wall? It sounds like whatever it was, was uh, just on the other side of the wall there. I'm just ready. I am ready for action. You look at, you, you kind of look, evaluate your surroundings um, a little more, and the wall does end down about about 15 feet, and where you could look around the corner to see as well, if you don't want to look directly up over. Um, you hear the footsteps trudging along, and it sounds like it's a little bit, like they're a little bit out of cadence, and they kind of stop and scuff kind of near the end of this wall. Oh my god, Carla, just look. (laughs) I can't take it. I can't handle the suspense. Uh, okay. I stand up and turn around and look, but it's dark, so I probably can't see anything, but I look, because... I, what else am I going to do? Stand here crouching all night? You cautiously lift your head up over the wall and you come face to face with a goat. Okay, now this is the cat scare and he's just fucking with me. You're just staring staring down a goat who is chewing, who's reached down and picked up some, some grass from the ground and is just kind of making its way through and it sees you and kind of takes a step back and just carries on carries on walking down walking down the path. Okay, night goat. I like it. And uh your watch goes by with no incidents. Perfect. Who's on next watch? Did we decide? Oh, I can do it. I wake up Flint. Perfect. See? <laughs> I was just going to decide. Flint, <laughs> you're up. I saw a goat. I'm sweet. Sleeping. I'm sleeping now. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. <laughs> It's very I intense. saw a goat. Don't talk to me. I'm stressed out. <laughs> I'm a really good sleeper. I can just fall asleep like that. So Flint, the fire is is basically embers now. So you can you can do what you will with that. But you have. Can uh, I stoke it back to life a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Just preparing for the night. You guys have stocked some some wood and some kindling around. So yeah, you could stock it up a little bit. You are kind of in a a cove. It's just. Um, of two walls that are cornered to each other. So where are you? Where are you seated for your watch? In the corner where the two walls meet. Roll a d20 for me. As a nat twenty. About an hour goes by. Roll a d12 for me. Ooh, mixing it up. That is a one. And you start to get it a little sleepy. You get kind of like the head bob going. Mm, I am bad at watching. <laughs> and you catch yourself, and you're you're okay, and you're just kind of rubbing your eyes. Yeah, just make a constitution check. Okay. That is a 14. So you kind of catch yourself in one of these head bobs, and you're rubbing your eyes, and you open them up, and there is a spider hanging in front of you. And it, uh, with 14, it gives you a little bit of a shock. Otherwise, your watch goes by uneventful. Okay, then. (laughs) Oh, God. Dice. (laughs) Oh, God. Just, uh, I hope those new dice are lucky, Amy, and you just... They're not! You know? Because they're mine. (laughs) You knock Thea from her meditation, or she's awake from her meditation, and Flint drifts off back to sleep. Again, the fire is burning a little lower. I stoke it just a little bit. Yep. Make it. Just roll a d20 for me. 
Well, that's a four. You hear what sounds like a cry off in the distance, like an oh, cry of, here it is, everybody. Cry of, an, <gasps> cry of an animal, an animal cry, not a human cry. Can I roll to see if I know that animal cry? I'm all about Sh- nature. Sure. I rolled so Nin- nineteen. Yeah. Sorry. It sounds like the cry of a vulture. Okay. I make note of the direction in which I heard the sound and remain nonplussed. Yep. Nice vocab. Thank you. You maintain watch until until the sun begins to come up and your night goes by uneventful as well. Another successful watch. I do take some charcoal and draw funny pictures on both of my friends for funsies. (laughs) Nice. I, I look at Nulara and I say, I must ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> and then giggle a lot as you look at me with a confused look. Yeah. Yeah. What's your question? You're just laughing. <laughs> and I walk away. Onward. I-, I dose the fire. You pack up your camp, mount back up, and head out onto the trail. You head north and east, further into the Serpent Hills, where you pass over a smallish river. And on the other side of the river, you come across a set of tracks. They're older, but there aren't as many around. And Nulara, you pick up in these tracks that it looks like there are about 8 to 12 humanoid creatures that appear to be traveling north, together, and even more east than your current direction. I tell the members of my party and suggest that we follow them as we have no other leads as to where we're going, so why not? You begin to follow these tracks, and you travel for most of the rest of the day, nearly eight to ten hours without coming across anything larger than roving packs of goats and oxen. But the longer you travel for, the tracks being made by this group become more and more clear, and after nearly a full day of travel, you happen upon a larger, more mountainous wall, and at the foot of a cliff face, there lies another city of ruins— Same as before, the city looks like it was inhabited long ago, crumbling walls, but of much larger buildings than before. You follow the footsteps, and they track up and down the streets of this town. Along your way, you are watching for signs of movement and life, but nothing catches your eye. As you round a large, mostly intact building, you come to a large, paved plaza. The remains of a fountain are now little more than a stone circle set around a crumbling hole in the ground, leading to a well deep below. Three bedrolls are laid out near the fountain, and there is a long-burned-out campfire in the center of them. Two stone statues stand in the courtyard, rising twenty feet high. Behind them, a forty-foot-high edifice is carved into the cliffside, dominated by relief columns carved with strange, otherworldly scenes. You see scenes of what looks like planets and planes, and odd objects and depictions of portals and other mystical engravings and carvings that seem some of which unrecognizable to you. The two statues, both of which are statues depicting two separate colossus. The one on the right of the opening is a young human male and is wearing exotic clothes. Its face is smashed beyond recognition, and it holds a balance in its right hand and a cudgel at its side, its left hand raised as if in a warning. The colossus to the left 
is a bearded human male wearing similarly exotic clothing, the left half of its head cracked off and lying at its feet. Guys, I'm guessing Ball and that other guy. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, uh, it seems like a theme around here. It's a pretty good guess. Yeah, Ball and Cyric. That, hey, you were writing notes, weren't you? Always. I, uh, as soon as he said, what kind of clothes did you say they were wearing? Uh, exotic, exotic. I immediately went to coconut bra grass skirt. <laughs> and then as you started to, <laughs> to kind of elaborate on it, I was like, no, probably not. Okay, it looks like some mystical shit has gone down here, you guys. I don't say that quite so loud because so, it seems like a whisper place. Yeah. Um, is the stone edifice, uh, it is a door or it is just like a huge wall carving? Um, it is a, it is a hole in, yeah, it is a, it is a doorway. It is, and then car, there are carved columns surrounding it. I see. Yeah, that, and then the doorway looks like it goes into this cliffside. Well, dudes, if I was going to hide some mystic shit, seems like this might be the place to do it. Yep. Um, should we tie up the horses somewhere safe and out of the way? They've got some grass. We can leave them some water. Yes, I like this idea. Okay, good. Whatever monster is going to come out of this thing, I don't want it to hurt the horses. Exactly. <laughs> I whisper to Tiny. I pet his giant head. I'm like, we'll be back for you. Let's go. I want to fight something. Or discover something. As you approach the statues, you hear the sudden sound of grinding stone. And the colossal figures turn their massive heads, their shattered features staring down at you. And two voices issue forth in unison, booming out as though erupting from the deep earth. Halt! You come before Diderius, Etherwalker, and Conduit of Clairvoyance. Behold ye now his wondrous triumphs. Diderius extends wisdom, and Diderius offers knowledge. Which do you seek? Uh, I do the polite thing, and, and I like I, I like bow to one knee. We're in the presence of a god, people. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm on board with that, sure. <laughs> so I do the same thing. Sure, let's make it three. You all kneel and they continue to stare in your general direction without any response. Um, I would like wisdom. Diderius shall, they speak forth. Diderius shall grant you what you seek, but only if you heed him and continue to show proper respect. You hear the grinding stone again and they revert to their original positions. Um, do, do we know who Diderius is? Have we heard of this person? This is a great question. You know nothing of Diderius or what he may have done or been doing here. Okay, neato. Um, let's go forth and maybe we have more wisdom? I'm sorry if I chose wisdom for everyone. It's okay. I thought we all got to choose w- wisdom or intelligence. Uh, who could have known which would have been the good one or the bad one? I thought maybe we all had our own options. Uh, let's go forth into yep. the cavern in the side of this mountain. Sure. Let's do it. You enter this cave cavern. Cave of wonders. And you enter kind of an antechamber of sorts. And while an illusion still shows a tomb with gilded carvings and silver censers, it appears that these are mere shadows. 
and it looks like perhaps looters have defaced and ruined the relief-carved walls, and the censers are long gone. Set between the carvings are a dozen alcoves recognizable as funerary niches, though these contain only splinters of bone. At the far end of the chamber, a stone door hangs ajar. Marks on the door and frame indicate that it was recently forced. I guess, like, should I look, like, run a, run, roll a perception check or an investigation check, like, to see if there's anything else in this room to stop us from... Like a trap or something? Yeah, like, just if, you know, I don't want in, like, three episodes to be like, oh, the mask was sitting in one of those funerary niches, you should have looked. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I look around. I'll do a roll. You want me to do a roll? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, what is the like investigation or perception? Uh, What's perception, the difference there? Perception. You're trying to. Perception is what you notice just at a glance. So you walk into a room and it's just what you see. Investigation is when you are actively looking for something. Okay. Well, I'm not really actively looking for something particular. So I guess I will roll a perception. <clears throat> that is a 14. You just see that there have been footsteps um, that have uh, kind of stirred up some of the dirt and dust um, and that, that the door in front of you has um, recently been looked like it'd been forced open and perhaps some of the, the hinges, uh, which are all carved from stone, have shattered um, a little bit based on um, something or someone pushing the door open. Uh in our direction or coming out? Going into this room. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's a good question. Sure. Yeah, like, oh, we already missed question. the monster. It already left. Perfect. Um, okay. Well, I'm, I'm happy to keep on rolling. Yeah. And by go. rolling, I mean walking, not rolling, yes, which is also indeed. a thing you can do in this game. We walk forward through the door. What's for work? I was planning the session. I thought you were, I, for, I don't know. I forgot to plan the intro. Yeah, but yeah. nobody wants to play with me. Oh, Now's not the time. Yeah. Anyways, if you want to play magic with me, just hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> Lonelyrust.com. <laughs> I would absolutely do that, but Amy was like, uh, you know, Russ, we're moving away, and then Tom and Carla would have to buy cards, and I was like, yeah, that, I mean. It's like a solid, it's a it's a monetary investment in something you're not sure you. Oh, his face. Oh. oh. Would it be investigation if I'm looking specifically for a trap? Yeah, if you're looking for something in particular, yeah, it would be investigation. Well, shit. That's a nine. What kind of trap are you looking for? Like a mechanical trap uh, or like a pressure plate or yeah, something? Yeah, kind of like that. Well, it's littered with bodies in this chamber mm-hmm. that's a, a long, narrow-ish hallway. It's not, not bodies, bones. Okay, I'm just, uh, just Still, it would have been picture. bodies at yeah. one point. Um, and there's a door at the end. This just smells trap. It just sure. smells of trap. You guys have stopped, I assume, in the front mm-hmm. of this room. Okay. Um, you notice no noticeable pressure plates looking around. 
Um, you don't see any any signs of any like dart. What? Do I see any or rocks fire. around me? Um, Stones, big bones. Yeah, I mean a skull, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I I pick one up and I throw it into the middle of the hallway. Now I'm just desecrating. Well, you picked up a shattered skull and it throw it and it bounces and rolls into the center of this room and nothing appears to move or react in any way to that uh, mm. to that movement. Okay, you don't see it. Shall we move forward cautiously? I like it. Okay. We move forward cautiously. Sure. You slowly walk forward into this room. What order are you going in here? I'll go first. Yeah, I was going to say, a human meat shield? (laughs) (laughs) Well, dwarvish, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, I bet you're shielding humans. Oh, I'm not human. (laughs) So, Flint, as you pass the halfway point of this room, the sound of grinding stone (laughs) announces the statues turning their cowled heads to follow your movements. What do you do? I just kind of look at them and like kind of nod my head at them like, what's up? (laughs) You look into them and you look into the darkness of their hoods. Make a wisdom saving throw. Oh no. That's one of my weak ones, guys. That is a seven. As if he needs more things in his head. (laughs) <laughs> you are Come on, Bort. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I made a roll for Bort there. You look into which seems to you now to be the darkest black you have ever seen. And your gaze is held by the dark gaze within the stony cow. You begin to hear the statue whispering impossible secrets. Things that you can't quite piece together right now. Make an intelligent saving throw. Again, one of my strong suits. <laughs> oh, that was alright. 16. Thea Nular, what are you doing as Flint is staring into these? I looking kind of... Has he stopped moving? Stop moving, and he's staring into <sighs> the the yeah. cowl of one of these statues. I look at Nular and I say, don't, don't look at the statues. I think, um, much like we did at the entrance, it was so smart when Thea did it, because it told us to be respectful, right? Mm-hmm. So I drop to a knee and, like, lower my gaze. I, I follow suit, and I, I pull... Yeah. I, I pull Flint down with us. Flint doesn't move. Okay, well. But Flint, you, after a brief time, you begin to understand the world that you're entering and the world that you're in more accurately. And for the next 24 hours, you gain advantage on intelligence checks. And your gaze snaps clear of this statue and you shake your head a moment. And you're back, and you see Thea and Nulara kneeling towards these statues. You okay, buddy? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Neat. Let's go. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did the statues move their heads back, or are they still... I they're guess they... St- they're yeah. still locked on you. Okay. I'm, I'm scared to look. It just, like, froze our friend, and... I don't know. I think I would just try and, like, keep walking. Yeah, let's 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 go. We, uh, we yeah, Flint, you, you experience just, like, a bombardment of whispers and, like, multiple voices talking to you. You picked some things up, but nothing that really sticks as to what the meaning might be right now. Um, but you know that whatever you've heard may help you going forward. Okay, question. So I didn't actually, like, you didn't... I didn't actually hear, like, you didn't say something particular and I just missed it. It's just like a cacophony of voices that I've somehow kind of filtered through. It didn't seem like... It started off as gibberish, and it started off as just sound in your head that you couldn't break and you couldn't remove your gaze from. Um, But you began to pick things out, so nothing that really sticks in your mind right now, but you feel that you have gained some sort of knowledge uh, that may help you going forward into these chambers. Okay. Oh, and so, Russ, they don't, like, they don't know what was happening when I was frozen, correct? No, they didn't hear any of the voices or anything like that. Okay. They just saw, they just saw you freeze in place staring directly at one of the statues. I kind of shake my head and say, did you guys hear that? Hear what? Hear what? No, obviously no. I I don't really know how to explain it. Uh, All right. Uh, Yeah, let's just keep going. He seemingly brushes off whatever happened to him and carries forward at a a bit of a speedier pace. And as you guys continue walking through this, the the heads of these statues follow you to the end um, and you reach the door at the end. It opens and enters into another chamber with a high vaulted dome with a deep inset ledge circling the room about 10 feet wide and 15 feet up. The floor here is set with a beautiful tile mosaic, showing a knight in plate armor wielding a glowing sword against a chimera. The room is nearly darkness now, but you make out the faint outline of a door on the left wall of the room, and written on that door in bright white chalk, is the word safe. Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. My name is Thea. These are my traveling companions these are my buddies my right and left hand it's flynn firebeard and now we're on the brights is right (laughs) come on down come on new laura moonbrook come on down i apologize for this dungeons and dragons is a dumb dragons production the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish Hey friends, The Sprouting is a podcast that I want to tell you about and you should go listen to. It's an eldritch horror of an actual play podcast set in an apocalyptic future where eldritch plants have taken over 
magical bargains twist the fate of reality and each survivor struggles to trust their own senses as they try to see their goals through to their ends. The show uses the rules from Call of Cthulhu to heighten the drama of the story and leave the fate of the story at the whims of the dice. And they've created a completely homebrew world, a a plant apocalypse, where the senses can't be trusted. And instead, the characters must learn to trust one another. The show is completely scored by beautiful music from their in-house editor, which heightens each dramatic moment throughout the show. I've got a little promo for you here, but go check out The Sprouting. I've listened to it. You need to listen to it. And you should start with the prequel episode when you go over there. Search for The Sprouting anywhere you listen to podcasts. With your long-forgotten name, we call upon you. We call upon you. In the words of the unspeakable language, we call upon you. We call upon you. By the spilt blood of the wicked who walk upon this world sprouting the words of false idols, we call upon you. We call upon you. On the land of the dead harvest, that which brings the earth itself into your service, Yamal, we call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. We call upon you. The Sprouting, a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast by Blighthouse Studio. Find us on your podcatcher of choice.